I'm back, baby. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jonathan Cogan Show. I'm your host, the one and only Johnny K. I've missed you for several days. I love when my the words at the end of my sentences rhyme every now and then. It's absolutely awesome. I seriously miss you. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I don't have an excuse. I'm not. Do, I'm not doing my part. There's so much happening, whether it's personally or just macro, geopolitically, macroeconomically, whatever it is. There is an insane, literally an insane amount of things going on. And I have a role to play. You rely on the Jonathan Kogan show to sift through the the bullshit and give you the facts, give you the truth, give you the advice that every single human being needs in order to be successful and to love one another and to love humanity and not get tricked into hating everybody. Okay. Which plays into, there's two things we're covering here, which is AI again, because I don't know, I don't think you understand how serious this is. Okay. I'm going to play so many clips, okay, from whether it's the the CEO of uh, Google talking about this is this technology is bigger than like fire, like fire, like the invention of fire, like what, okay, just how insane this is, and then some threats. And uh, but before we get into that, is the reason why this is so important and, and how it's going to affect like future elections and democracies overall and all this stuff. And you've all know Harari was on Pierce Morgan saying like, oh, this is the dream for totalitarian regimes. And it's so interesting when this is all happening, right? This AI revolution is happening right now when we just went through a time of three years of almost a completely perfectly inverted world of reality where everything we were told from the mainstream and so-called trusted outlets lie to our faces over and over again that I don't know how you or anyone, maybe you don't, how anyone can literally absorb information from outlets and mainstream media sources that lied to your face for three years. And now all of a sudden they're telling the truth. And now you have AI happening when now you have extremely powerful technology that can make things, you know, persuadable people that can take these lies and almost cement it as truth forever. And I'll get into that, you know, more in a second, but I want to play this little clip from uh, Joe Rogan's podcast with uh uh, is this Jim Brewer? This was today. And this is exactly what we talk about on this podcast, on the John the Kogan show all the time. And so I thought this was a perfect clip. It plays right into what we were saying. It's a short little clip. Take a listen. Jim Brewer, the Joe Rogan experience. I think that enough people realized, because that's the thing. If you're just hanging out with someone, if, if you're hanging out with me, and eventually I start lying to you all the time, are you going to take anything I say seriously? Right, it's over. Who in yeah. your life do you know that, that lies all the time that, that you take seriously? And you take seriously. None, no so one. now that every media group that exists lied right to your face. Right yep. to, like while they were doing they were they, someone had to been writing it going, Oh my god, this is like such dick stuff, but I love being you know what it's and so they go into it in more detail. But you understand the gist. You understand what's going on, which is it's amazing. People are still being fooled by propaganda when it's so obvious. I, I think maybe everyone's known. You're just like, oh, my God, I was duped for so long. I just don't want to give in. I went so hardcore, you know, like, you know, following the agenda that may or may not be that may not have been true. And so, therefore, I got to stick to it because I can't 
I can't say that I was wrong. Like I have friends that are still like that. It's crazy. Not many, not many, you know, now people that disagree with one another are getting on stage with, with each other. Like you see people like destiny and Tim pool getting on stage to debate. It's great. That's what we need. We need people on different sides debating. That is awesome. That is what the elites fear. I say it over and over again. So Elon Musk, and you probably saw this, but it's a perfect way to start, which he was on Tucker Carlson. He's, he's doing, he was on the BBC. That was also fantastic. But it was on Tucker Carlson, and forget about the news outlet and all that stuff. It doesn't matter, okay? We're just talking about substance here. He talks about the warnings of AI, and he talks about uh, the founder of one of the uh, founders of Google, what their intention is of becoming a digital god. Like, that's the whole point. You know, it's kind of like Silicon Valley, the HBO show, where, like, it's like pretend, like, oh, use young people's blood to live forever. And, like, we are going to, it's just like a fake thing, but it's real. And they want to create a digital god. And his insult to Elon Musk, um, uh, Sergey Brin, I believe it was, or Larry Page, said, what are you, a, uh, a, uh, 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 like a, a human? I forget what the word is. You're going to hear it. But basically, he's like, what are you? What are you, like, pro human? And as you know, this is the most pro human podcast on planet Earth. And so we find that hilarious. And just take a listen. To this. this is absolutely incredible. Listen. Larry Page and I used to be close friends. And I would yes. stay at his house in Palo Alto. And I would talk to him late into the night about uh, AI safety. And at least my perception was that Larry was not taking uh, AI safety uh, seriously enough. Um, and um, What did he say about it? He really seemed to be... Um, one, one, one sort of digital superintelligence, basically digital God, if you will, uh, uh, as soon as possible. Um, he wanted that? Yes. He's, he's made many public statements over the years uh, that, that the whole goal of Google is uh, uh, what's called AGI, artificial general intelligence or artificial superintelligence. You know, and, I, and I agree with him that the, there's great potential for good, um, but there's also potential for bad. And so if, if you've got some um, radical new technology, you want to try to take a set of actions that maximize probably it, it will do probably it will do bad things. Yes. Um, it, it can't just be helpful leather. Let's just go, you know, barreling forward and, you know, hope for the best. And then at one point uh, I said, well, what about, you know, who we're going to make sure humanity is okay here. Um, <laughs> and, 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 um, uh, and they called me a specious. Uh, <laughs> did he use, did he use that term? Yes. And there were witnesses. The other, I wasn't the only one there when he called me a specious. And so I was like, okay, that's it. Uh, I've, yes, I'm a specious. Okay. You got me. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm fully a specious. Um, busted. Um, so um, that was the last straw. At the time, uh, Google uh, had acquired DeepMind. And so Google and DeepMind together had about three quarters of all the uh, AI talent in the world. They obviously had a tremendous amount of money and uh, more computers than anyone else. So I'm like, okay, we're, we have a unipolar world here where there's just one one company that it has close to a monopoly on uh, AI talent and uh, and, and computers, uh, like so scaled computing. And the person who's in, in charge doesn't seem to care about safety. This is not good. So, uh, so then I thought, what's, what's the, the furthest thing from Google would be like a nonprofit uh, yeah. that is fully open because Google was closed uh, for profit. So that's why the open and open AI refers to open source, uh, you know, transparency. So people know what's going on. Yes. And that it, it, we don't want to have like a, a, 
I mean, while I'm normally in favor of for profit, we don't want this to be sort of a profit maximizing of demon course. from hell. That's you know? right. <laughs> that just never stops. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, so he's a specious, okay? A specious, as it's an insult. So this is so massive. You have people in the, you know, big tech. They want to be. They're they're not specious, okay? They, there's there's a real movement. Uh, it, 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 by the way, the history of it, it comes out of the U, uh, the eugenics movement, this new transhumanist movement, where basically humans combine with artificial intelligence technology, and we become like 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 uh, you know superhumans or like gods almost. Uh, you've all know Harari talks about it and writes about it all the time. You can find videos uh, with him at the World Economic Forum and, and elsewhere talking about this. It's not like a secret. So, um, yeah, and and open opening I started for Elon, you know, open source, and and it was all good nonprofit. And then that whoosh, that changed. Now it's closed. Microsoft owns forty nine percent of it. It's for profit, and, and now it's a race. And what what people don't understand is. Um, I'm trying to think of where to go with this next, but what people don't understand is that AI is going to impact everything, everything. Okay. Like everything doesn't matter what your job is. It will impact everything. And so AI like technology in itself and innovation is exponential. And then AI is exponential on top of that. So it's like a double exponential speed that we are now moving at, which is unheard of. Okay. And, Okay, so you may not believe me. All right, what do, what do I mean by every job, every single job, no matter what your job is? Here's uh, Sundar Pichai, the CEO of Google and Alphabet, the parent company, talking about just that, talking about just that, that everybody will be affiliated with AI in the next 10 years. So here we go. It's going to impact every product across every company. And, and so that's why I think it's a, a very, very profound technology. And so we are just in early days. Every product in every company. That's right. AI will impact everything. So for example, you could be a radiologist. You know, if, I, if, I, if you think about five to 10 years from now, you're going to have an AI collaborator with you. It may triage. You come in the morning. You, let's say you have 100 things to go through. It may say these are the most serious cases you need to look at first. Or when you're looking at something, it may pop up and say you may have missed something important. Why wouldn't we? You know, why wouldn't we take advantage of a superpowered assistant to help you across everything you do? You may be a student trying to learn math or history, and, you know, you will have something helping you. We asked Pichai what jobs would be disrupted. He said knowledge workers, people like writers, accountants, architects, and ironically, software engineers. AI writes computer code too. So that is huge. So a lot of people thought AI was coming for those blue collar jobs and I'm sure they are, but it's coming for the knowledge worker first. Okay. That's the twist here, right? We did not think that it would come for this quote unquote laptop managerial class. Um, I was actually just talking to my, my, my friend the other day and how he does, um, basically he, he uses a specific type of software to do modeling for, you know, basically building buildings. I'll just leave it at that. And, uh, he's like, I'm so, I'm going to be so set for, you know, my career and all this stuff. And I was thinking in my head at the time, like, like, dude, I, it's not, it's not the same as it was when, like 40 years ago. Like what's going to happen is, is you might become an expert, but AI is going to play a much more pivotal role or actually take your entire role. 
Like you're not going to go linear. There's not going to be a linear growth of everyone's job to manager. To the, no, it's not going to be like that anymore. The jobs are going to disappear. There's going to be totally different jobs. That job probably will not exist. There's going to be artificial intelligence that does it much, much better. And so it's not going to go the way you think it is, but you know, I didn't say anything. Maybe he's listening to this. I don't know. But uh, I, people think that the trajectory of whatever happened the past 10 years or past 50 years is going to be the next 50 years. Totally different world. Totally different world. I mean, radically different world, um, which is why the educational system needs to be totally revamped because the skills that people are learning in college and in grade school and anywhere do not map to the skills that you are going to need in the workforce of the next 10, 20, 30, 50 years. It's just not partially because we don't know what to do, but also because these are for the industrial revolution. These are jobs for people to, to go work nine to five, to go work in a factory, go work for, you know, a corporation. And I think there's a lot of me be more independent. Like this is independent media and you're seeing a lot of things more decentralized and uh, the current infrastructure for education is built around the industrial revolution, not the information revolution, which is what we're in now. Uh, so it's just totally different. And just to put some context of how powerful this is, and then where it can go wrong, we'll get into that right after this. This is just a short little clip from Sundar Pichai uh, talking about how serious this invention is. What do you compare AI to in the course of human civilization? You know, I've always thought of AI as the most profound technology humanity is working on, more profound than fire or electricity or anything that we have done in the past. Why so? It gets at the essence of what intelligence is, uh, what humanity is. You know, we are developing technology, which for sure one day will be far more capable uh, than anything we have ever seen before. I mean, that's just, uh, it's hard for me to, I, I couldn't, I cannot emphasize it enough how much this is going to drastically change your life. I mean, drastically alter your life in a huge way. And I don't think that you're being told enough about it. I think, uh, you know, I mean, in all honesty, when, when Klaus Schwab says people think we're going back to the old world of, you know, 20 before the pandemic of 2019, and he goes, let's just say that is fiction. He's right. He's right. We are in a different world and we are going to forever be in a changed world. It's, this is not going to be the world that we were in before the pandemic. It is a radically different world. And if you don't notice that yet, you're going to have a rude awakening soon. Um, and so it's, it's either learn about this stuff, you know, under, understand what the truth is before this all goes bananas and prepare and prepare. Okay. Or you could turn a blind eye and put your head in the sand and pretend like you don't know anything and just get screwed because no one's going to be here to save you in the end. It's up to us for humanity to band together. Okay. To love one another and help lift each other up and work with this new technology, work with other people to propel them to next levels of success. All right. To prepare for this new age that no human has ever lived through. So it's up to us to find the humanity in all of us and be kind and share love and not hate and not be divisive. We're on the same team. Like get that through your head. Like, I don't know, you know, if it's just all the sources you read, but if something is making you angry at other peasants and other humans in the world, cut that out, cut that out. That is propaganda to twist up your mind into a pretzel and make you mad at people that you shouldn't be mad at. Okay. Cause I don't care who you are or where you are in the world. I could care a less. I promise you, I stand with you and I will have your back. All right. We must stand together. That's the last line of defense in all of this. 
You see the world's changing. It could be a dystopian future or it could be a very utopian, amazing future for our children. I want the utopian future and the choice is ours. We get to make that choice together. None of us on our own, but together we get to to do that. So there's this great uh, uh, YouTube video from the Center for Humane Technology, the AI Dilemma. Uh, they brought the uh, the documentary, The Social Dilemma, you know, like saying social media is bad before like people realize how bad it was for you. Uh, talking about, you know, the dangers of AI. This is like a five-minute clip, but this is a uh, – it's a great – it's a whole great video, but this is just one clip of basically how it's going to – how it can be used negatively and, you know, be used for scams, be used, you know, for election interference, all this crazy stuff. So just take a listen to this. This is this is really good. This is important. Um, someone calling up your kid um, and getting a little bit of their voice, just, oh, sorry, I got the wrong number, then using your child's voice calling you and saying, hey, mom, hey, dad, forgot my social security number. I'm applying to a job. Would, would you mind reminding me? Um, and actually, we were thinking about this as we wrote. We're, we're thinking about just this example conceptually. Yeah. And then it turned out and then in the last week. Within a week, uh, it turned out other people figured it out, too, and started scamming people. Um, you, know, you have an example about like the locks of society. Yeah, think of it as, I mean, anything that's authentication-based, um, you call your bank, and I'm, I'm who I say I am. Anything that depends on that verification model, it's as if all these locks that are locking all the doors in our society, we just unlocked all those locks. Right, And people know about deepfakes and synthetic media, but what they didn't know is that it's now just three seconds of audio of your voice before now I can synthesize the rest. And that's going to go, again, that's going to get better and better. Right, So it's try not to think about, am I scared about this example yet? And you might be like, I'm not actually scared of that example. It's going to keep going at an exponential curve. So that's part of it is we don't want to solve what the problem was. We want to, like Wayne Gretzky, sort of ski to where, I mean, skate to where the puck's going to be. And with exponential curves, we now need to skate way further than where you might think you need to. But just to name it explicitly, this is the year that all content-based verification breaks. Just does not work, and none of our institutions are yet able to, like, they haven't thought about it. They're not able to stand that up to massive. it. massive. So we, we tried this example, state ID. Generate me lots of state IDs. Okay. I don't know if you guys have seen the latest TikTok filters. So They're wild. to elections. I can't believe this is a filter. The fact that this is what filters have evolved into is actually crazy to me. I grew up with the dog filter on Snapchat, and now this, this filter gave me lip fillers. This is what I look like in real life. Are you, are you kidding me? Yeah, just seeing someone. It, it, she looks all totally content-based verification breaks this year. You do not know who you're talking to, whether via audio or via video, and you know, if, do you want to give this example of China? Sure. Since I've been on this kick about trying to say why TikTok is such a dangerous thing for national security, um, you may all be aware that um, the Biden administration, there's been this whole negotiation. Should we let TikTok keep, stay, keep running in the United States? And there's this deal. Well, what if we just make sure that the data is stored in the U.S. so that it's stored in some secure Texas-based Oracle server? We can just do that. If I'm the Chinese Communist Party and I want to screw up the U.S. right now, what I do is I just ship a Biden and Trump filter to every single person in your country that gives you a Biden voice or a Trump voice. So now I've turned all of your citizens, like being John Malkovich, into the sort of most angry Biden-Trump, you know, information angry army that just talks all day in a cacophony, right? And that would just break your society into incoherence. It has nothing to do with where the data is stored. 
It has nothing to do with where the algorithm, which posts, which, um, excuse me, which videos are being ranked in what way. It has to do with how we are enabling sort of a mass confrontation with um, disreality. And no, none of that would be illegal. Yeah, because our responsibilities, the new cloth responsibilities that go with deepfakes, we don't have laws against those things. So I think what we're trying to show here is that when AI learns, use transformers, it treats everything as language you can move between and to, this becomes the total decoding and synthesizing of reality. It's reality collapse. Our friend Yuval Harari, when we were talking to him about this, uh, called it this way. He said, what nukes are to the physical world, AI is to the virtual and symbolic world. And what he meant by that was that everything human beings do runs on top of language, right? Our laws, our language, uh, the idea of a nation state, the fact that we can have nation states is based on our ability to speak language, religions, our language, friendships and relationships are based off of language. So what happens when you have for the very first time non-humans being able to create persuasive narrative that ends up being like a zero day vulnerability for the operating system of humanity. And what he said was the last time we had non-humans creating persuasive narrative and myth was the advent of religion. That's the scale that he's thinking at. So 2024 will be the last human election. And what we mean by that is not that it's just going to be an AI running as president in 2028, but that it'll really be, although maybe, um, it'll be, you know, humans as figureheads, but it'll be whoever has the greater compute power will win. And you could argue that we've sort of already had that starting in 2012, 2016, uh, the campaigns are starting to use A-B testing um, to test their messages. But the difference now is that not just you're testing some different messages, but the AI is fundamentally writing messages, creating synthetic media, A-B testing it, A-Z testing it across the entire population, creating bots that aren't just like bots posting on Twitter, but instead are building long-term relationships over the next six years to solely persuade you in some direction. Loneliness becomes the largest national security threat, all of that is what we mean when we say 2024 will really be the last human election. So I'm going to stop. So I find it just really interesting, really interesting that three years of a complete upside down reality where we were lied to beyond belief by the elites goes right into the tail end of that period goes right into the advent of a new technology that literally lets you control reality. So they twisted reality on his head and lied to us. And now those same people are about to have control of a, of a technology that can control and shape reality itself for the first time. I find that what a coinkadink, what a coincidence. It's like it almost played right into it. We can go total, we can totally invert reality and then we can control it where people live in that inverted reality forever. And if a lot of peasants like myself and others didn't fight back, there'd be no truth out there. If this was, if this technology was a year earlier, we probably would have never got out there. And now, now what's going to happen is the elites shape the narrative from mainstream and corporate media, but now they can shape it through everything. Now they can control all literature, all the internet. I mean, this is just massively powerful and I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm concerned. Like there's a lot of good that come out of it, but if we've learned anything the last three years is that we can't trust the elites. We can't, they don't have our best interest at heart. In fact, they, they, it almost, it's almost like they have our worst interest at heart. It's crazy. 
And now they're going to control our reality again. They just did that for three years. It didn't work out. It was very bad. It didn't go well. Okay. Let's say, um, was honesty, you know, part of their little repertoire the past three years? Was that something that, that seemed like what they were doing? Integrity? No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And so I think the best take on, on where this can go and the, 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 the likelihood of a dystopian future and how we need to get a hold on objective truth now before things get even more crazy is, uh, Sagar from Breaking Points, uh, has a, uh, monologue. I, I, here's the middle of it, uh, where he, you know, talks about Elon's warning, which a lot of, uh, tech CEOs and executives have warned. But this is, this is how we can go to a dystopian future. We are on the brink of either going into seriously, one of the best societies that humans have ever lived in or the most dystopian totalitarian world ever. And this is a very good, uh, listen to this with an open mind of how this can get out of hand. Just listen. Now imagine a world where you do go to a future Google or a Bing for an answer to your question and you get one that seems right, but is actually completely distorted version of the truth vetted for you by the mainstream media and the politically correct. And we already live in a reality that is somewhat resembles that. But the Internet at least empowers some of us to fight back. This would simply simply completely solidify total control for them. The problem that we really have, though, is that when the other side talks about AI safety and regulation, they don't actually care about any of this. In fact, their objection is that ChatGPT and AI is not politically correct enough. And they actually want the government to set the terms exactly of how politically correct they should be. Take the new so-called AI Bill of Rights, which was released by the Biden administration recently. The document lays out the Biden administration's vision of how AI should be governed, including, quote, safe and effective systems, algorithmic discrimination, data privacy, notice and explanation, human alternatives, consideration and fallback. On their face, all those sound fine like corporate speak, but the one that immediately raises my eyebrow is algorithmic discrimination. Let's read further. Like clockwork, the first sentence of the document includes the buzzword du jour equity. If you have not yet heard of equity, I encourage you all to go watch my previous monologue on Tuesday about how it effectively, in many cases, entails being so woke you're racist, forcing people towards desired social outcomes. But let's continue. Sentence number two reads, quote, Algorithmic discrimination occurs when automated systems contribute to unjustified different treatment or impacts disfavoring people based on their race, color, ethnicity, sex, including pregnancy, childbirth, related medical conditions, gender identity, intersex status, sexual orientation, religion, age, national origin, disability, veteran status, genetic information, or any other possible classification protected by law. Quite a mouthful. I'm glad that they fit all of them in there now. Now, this is per the Biden administration how AI should, quote, include proactive equity assessments as part of the system design and would constantly need to be independently evaluated by the government to ensure that companies are producing equitable AI outcomes. In other words, that's social engineering. That's more political correctness. That is some sort of weird 1984 language board full of nonprofits and governments who get to decide which group is now not allowed to be criticized and then program that into AI. This is what they mean when they say regulation. If you didn't want more evidence of what the left establishment actually wants for the new AI regime, look at this. There's a new declaration from Open Philanthropy. It's a technology nonprofit. It's funded by several left-aligned left multi-billionaires of Silicon Valley. Some of their new propositions for AI regulation sound fine, like software export controls, but some hint at total dystopia. One proposition, for example, is to have some sort of government-implanted chip inside AI systems. The chip 
would monitor the AI at all times and shut it off if they deem it to be going off reg. Now, again, you can actually see a world where that could be justified, but you could also see one where it'd be one of the greatest tools for control ever devised. Number four, too, is about licensing all companies that want to work on AI, create some sort of registry. Here again, we have an easily gameable system. Consider we already have two of the largest companies on planet Earth competing in this space, Microsoft and Google. You think they won't fight tooth and nail to make sure they're the only ones with a license? Note, I am just trying to poke holes in every argument here. I don't have any idea what to think. On the one hand, I am terrified of a matrix-like scenario, unchecked AI and unchecked power. On the other, terrified of some oligarchic arrangement where a few tech companies controlled by the government and nonprofit industrial complex have a monopoly on information and use it to push. So what's really interesting is this is, I, listen, I just talk of things objectively. I'm not on either side of the political aisle. I mean, political. And what it seems to me is like one side has control of all the elite institutions and they want to leverage that power to solidify dominance with AI forever. Like they have control of the institution. They want to leverage it because they know when they have AI implemented, they can own that narrative dominance for the rest of mankind. That's almost like what they're going for. It's like going for broke right now. The other side that does not have uh, that dominance is just saying, it seems like is just saying, okay, let's, everybody should have a voice. Let's weigh out both sides. But maybe that's because they have such an underhand in this argument that they can't say we actually want dominance because they're so far behind. They're just like, oh, let's just let us be equal. That's what it seems like. It seems like there's a total monopoly on elite institutions and they're trying to leverage that into full dominance till the end of time. That's what it appears to me. Does that seem right? I mean, I'm pretty good at uh, uh, observing and understanding reality from an apolitical standpoint. I think that's, if you really objectively look at it, that's what's happening, right? So um, you've all know Harari, who I brought up before. He wrote the book Homo Deus, which I believe means human God. That's what this is based off of, okay? He writes about it, all right? He was just on Pierce Morgan talking about, Pierce is like, how much should we worry about this? And he talks a little bit about how this is a dream for totalitarian regimes. And what's interesting is we've seen a lot of uh, things happen in the past few years that is totalitarian. I mean, a lot of things. I mean, if you're willing to be objective and just observe, there's been a lot of totalitarian things like people eliminate from society. You can only go to certain places. You have to wear certain things. It's crazy. Um, so Pierce asked him, is there a, is there a concern? And you've all answers the question, but also the soundboard gives out. So it cuts them out, but I'll play, you know, everything that's there. about artificial intelligence actually taking control? We should be very worried because what we need to understand about AI, artificial intelligence, it is the first tool that can make decisions by itself. All previous inventions in human history always empowered us. They always gave us more power because the decisions were always made by humans. If you invent a knife, the knife cannot decide whether to use it to cut salad or to murder somebody or to save their life in surgery. If you invent an atom bomb, similarly, the atom bomb cannot decide who to attack and when and where. AI is the first technology that can actually make decisions by itself. It can make decisions about its own usage and development. Nukes cannot make better nukes, but AI can make better an eye. And also, AI can make and does make decisions about us. Increasingly, when you apply to a bank to get a loan, you apply to, a, a, to get a job, it's an AI 
making crucial decisions about your life. And we haven't seen anything yet. AI is just making its first tiny baby steps. Yeah. It's something like 10 years old. You know, to, to really think about it, think about it as like, this is the beginning of organic life four billion years ago. This is the first amoeba crawling out of the organic soup. Can you imagine how Tyrannosaurus rex would look like or how Homo sapiens would look like and what we'll be able to okay, do? Okay, well, you look, you successfully, so you've, the, you the successfully, yeah, look, you successfully terrified me and probably all my viewers. So how do we <laughs> save ourselves from the T-Rex of AI? Well, first of all, it can also, of course, be used for good. And right. so far, we are still in control, but we don't know for how many years. And therefore, we need to, first of all, understand the capabilities of AI and slow down its deployment to make sure that we use it wisely and safely. You know, the same way that a drug company cannot just release a new medicine to the public without going through a very rigorous safety check. Probably fact check that. It should be the same with AI. Right, but here's the problem. This here's the problem, yeah. it seems to me, which is, it's fine to be well-meaning. I mean, Elon Musk, I think a lot of what he does, he's a force for good in many ways. You know, he, all the stuff he's been involved with is to try and, I think, help rather than, than damage the planet. But this AI intelligence is going to get in the hands of some pretty bad people or some pretty dodgy Absolutely. regimes. And they're not going to have any qualms about trying to get the edge over the West or America or wherever it may be. That's where I see the real danger is that, you know, a bit like nuclear weapons getting into rogue states' hands, is that once the yep. wrong people have control of this, then all hell could break loose. In the hands of the wrong people, AI could be the end of democracy. AI could also be the basis for the worst totalitarian regimes in human history. Because, you know, dictators always dreamt about following everybody and monitoring everybody all mm. the time, mm. but they could never do it. Because, you know, even the Soviet Union, you have 200 million Soviet citizens. Stalin didn't have 200 million KGB officers to follow everybody around all the time and then to analyze all you need millions of analysts to analyze all the data you, you collect. Okay, so let me now ask you. AI, now it is becoming possible. You don't need yeah. human agents. So it gave out after that. But what he's saying is this is the first time in history every tyrant who has longed for the day that they could have totalitarian control over the entire population by monitoring every square inch of the earth and monitoring everybody with social credit score, digital ID tied to all of that carbon credits, all that stuff. This is it. The time is now it's unfolding in front of your eyes. And uh, I say this, I've said this on many podcasts before. This is the last fight of humanity. This is it. We either fight and we have total freedom forever and we become decentralized or we're in a totalitarian, totally tyrannical world regime of some sort i don't know but it ain't going to be good and it's not going to be good for us this is the time we band together this is the time where we can be become free i mean this is just crazy so this is a serious serious threat serious threat i cannot I, there's a lot of good it can make your jobs better you can be more creative but don't forget if there's anything we've learned the past few years it's that power in the wrong hands can be really bad for us you and i bad okay and right now the same people who had control over these chaotic past couple years a few years are now still in control while this is being rolled out so this is it baby this is the final battle and i'm just trying to educate you i'm trying to be on this this road with you i'm trying to bring humanity together i'm trying for you to love one another it's not republican it's not democrat it's none of that okay 
This is tyranny versus full freedom. And AI is the absolute icebreaker for all of this. And it plays in the CBDCs and the whole shebang. All right. So if you're watching this, I appreciate it. Subscribe to the Jonathan Kogan show podcast. If you're not watching this, subscribe to the YouTube channel and the rumble channel. We're trying to take the rumble channel to the moon. I love you all. Please have an open mind and open heart to your fellow humans. Okay. If you don't like someone on another political side or something, you are being duped. You are literally being tricked to hate them. You don't hate them. You're on their team. That's the truth. Okay. See through the propaganda and see through it quick before AI actually gets to not control the narrative, but control reality itself. That's the era we're going into. And that's what I'm warning you about. And that's why I do the Jonathan Kogan show. Thank you for either being new or if you've been listening for a while, I love you. Please give it a five-star rating in the in Apple Podcast, Spotify. It really helps. If you write a little description in there, I'll read it You know, at the beginning of every episode. I read them all. Please subscribe. Please share with a friend or two. Let's bring humanity together. Pro-peasant, pro-team, pro-earth, pro-human. Just we're all about the human beings, baby. We're very simple. We're very simple. We love humans. We, we will never waver from that. Point blank. All right, everybody. That's the John the Kogan show today. I'll see you tomorrow. Please subscribe, share with a friend. I love you. Wherever you are in the world, you're amazing. Please love yourself. Do something nice for someone else. Send a text message to someone you haven't talked to in a while that you care about and say, hey, hope everything's well. Haven't talked in a while. Let's talk soon. Exclamation point. Just do it. Okay. Just do it. If it doesn't work out for you, never listen to this show ever again. Okay. If it does work, work out for you. I'll see you tomorrow. All right. Fashetta. It's better. Bye.